When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is good, everyone? Welcome to KGW's 3-on-3 Blazers. Hello, darkness, our old friend. We've missed you. What a mess of a three-game road trip it was for the Portland Trail Blazers. Are the Blazers trash right now? (laughs) We'll get into that. Plus, Chauncey Billups experimenting with a few lineups. And, of course, our predictions. We're not messing around today, folks. Let's start the show. Oh, man, what a difference a week makes, Jared. (laughs) Welcome, everyone, to the KGW 3-on-3 Blazers podcast. My name is Orlando, joined, as always, by Jared Cowley. Man, oh, man, Jared, as we do this thing via the KGW studios, I think the optimism was pretty high (laughs) heading into the last podcast. I think you mean misplaced optimism. <laughs> you know, they, they they opened this week with a W. They're fresh off back-to-back wins. They start this three-game road trip, and man, did things come crashing down in what should have been some winnable games on this road trip. And here we are now, riding a three-game losing streak. The Trailblazers, three and five on the season, 0-4 this season on the road. Yeah. Jared, before we dive into specifics here, just your initial thoughts on this road trip. So you hit me with uh, Hello Darkness <laughs> right <laughs> off the bat. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> that's, that's about right. No, actually, I'm, I'm feeling great because, uh, you know, if you were privy to the text conversations between Orlando and myself and our buddies Nate Hansen and Max Barr, you'd know that uh, I think it was after the Philadelphia loss or before the Philadelphia loss, Mm. I told them in a text thread that if they lost to the 76ers who were without Joel Embiid and without Tobias Harris, that I was going to denounce my Blazers (laughs) fandom for good forever. (laughs) So I did. And so life is so much better now. I don't care about the Blazers anymore. I've replaced my Blazers game watching time with reading. I mean, I'm feeling great. Things are wonderful. <laughs> I, I'm usually optimistic, man. And <laughs> this one is going to be tough yep. to find a way to cheer you up, Jared. So I might just sit in the pocket here and enjoy this. Because 
after that Cavs game, man, I really wanted to record. <laughs> like, I, I thought about, you know, waking you up in the middle of the night and being like, <laughs> just put the phone next to the microphone here and, and we'll do it. <laughs> we'll do it distance, long distance style. But man, that was that was brutal. So I, I'm looking forward to this conversation with you, Jared, and, and seeing how, how things are going because you've been a fan of this team for so long. And heading into this season, there is a lot that you've been fed up with. Yep. And uh, you, you saw a glimmer of hope in the way they were playing early. Their defense played pretty well. After that Philly game, uh, no, the not the Philly game, I'm sorry, the 76ers win, they ranked in the top 10 in offense and defense. So, yeah, there was a little bit of optimism. Um, last week on the podcast, I tried to – to reverse my negative bent and yeah, it was like I said, that was misplaced. I shouldn't have done that. This team is who we thought they were, and we'll get into all of that. Um, <laughs> Mind uh, you, we are eight games in. <laughs> we are. I am a prisoner of the moment, Orlando. <laughs> oh man, I mean the the growing pains are there. Uh, it is glaring. There there are some issues, and. I think it's still going to be, you know, that 20 to 25 game threshold uh, before I'm going to get too critical, before I before I get absolute with it. Please get all the way out of here <laughs> with your logic and reason. <laughs> but let's have some fun with it, man. We, we've got three questions basically here that you've put together, which I enjoy. I, I'm looking forward to this conversation so much. Everybody out there, thank you so much for rocking with the podcast, for subscribing, for letting everybody know about it. It helps us out so much. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast as much as we love doing it. So let's get down to business, man. Question number one. We're borrowing a question that we saw today on Twitter from the one and only Aaron Fentress <laughs> of the Oregonian who, who covers the Trailblazers. And he asked, are the Blazers trash? <laughs> Or is their best player, you know, just having the worst shooting stretch of his career, Jared? Right now? Yes. Are the Blazers trash right now? Are the Blazers trash right now? Yes, of course they're trash <laughs> right now. Look at this. Only seven teams in the NBA have a worse winning percentage than the Blazers right now. Mm. They're one of five teams in the NBA without a road win so far. The other four, you've got the Pistons, the Rockets, the Thunder, and the Pacers. That's not good company. Only nine teams have a worse defensive rating than the Blazers. We thought that they were turning the, the corner on defense a little bit. They weren't. Speaking of this road trip, in the past three games, the Blazers allowed more than 121 points per 100 possessions. That's worst in the league during that stretch. That's trash. <laughs> the Blazers' offense, despite Dame having the worst shooting stretch of his career, is surprisingly still sixth in the NBA. I don't know how that is because it seems like their offense is just a train wreck right now. So are the Blazers trash looking at the big picture? Probably not, but they're not good right now. And currently they look exactly the same as they have the past few years. A good offense, a terrible defense. They're a mediocre team with a mediocre, poorly constructed roster with what seems to be right now a mediocre coach and a mediocre front office. And I think I'm being nice. So we're eight games in. It's like you said, I, I'm not going to make any binding statements for this team for the rest of the season because it is so early in the season. But this is where they are right now. They're not good. They're not fun to watch. 
They're not fun for fans. They're the same thing we've seen around here for way too long. And then this is the reason I was so frustrated with this roster and this front office and this team, you know, all throughout the offseason is just we haven't seen anything different. I mean, this is exactly what they have been. Now, their best player is absolutely in the midst of the worst shooting stretch of his career. Uh, Dame has been bad. I mean, we talked about it last week. I'm still not worried. He has too long of a track record to to think he's not going to come out of it. But he's been really bad. I looked it up. Right now, the Blazers are actually worse with Dame on the court than when he's on the bench. Ouch. Yeah. I mean, that's unprecedented with him. And this is according to Cleaning the Glass. Uh, they're on-off numbers. The Blazers are negative 0.9 with Dame on the court, almost a point worse than when he's on the bench. And that's unheard of. Mm-hmm. You know, over the past five years, his on-off numbers, according to Cleaning the Glass, last season, plus 5.3. The year before that, plus 10, plus 13, plus 10.8, plus 9.3. Dame has had some of the most impressive on-off statistics, you know, throughout the past five seasons, especially since LaMarcus left. And it's that's just not the case right now. Uh, the shooting stats are, are horrendous. 35% from the field, 23% from three. Do you remember when Dame was the best clutch player in the NBA for most of his career and certainly last season? This year he's averaging 1.7 points per game in the clutch. He's shooting 28% from the field and 0% from three in the clutch. Last season he led the league in clutch points at almost five per game. He shot better than 51% from the field and better than 39% from three in the clutch. So Dame being this bad absolutely hurts the team. You just think about what if his on-off stats were on par with his career. If his on-off stats were more like plus 10 than negative one, the Blazers would probably be at least five and three. Mm -hmm. Because if Dame's playing clutch like himself, then the Blazers probably get to wins against the Kings and the Cavaliers. And maybe they're as good as seven and one. Because maybe with Dame playing like himself, playing you know good basketball in the clutch, maybe they even beat Charlotte and Philly. So the Blazers aren't trash, but right now they're playing that way, and that's probably mostly because of how Dame is playing. But also, it's because of the defense. The defense sucks. <laughs> and until that changes, the Blazers are just going to be who we thought we, they were, like we said. They're a mediocre team. They're probably going to lose in the first round of the playoffs again unless something changes. So now... In my mind, it's completely on the players and the coach to change my mind, at least, because I, I, I don't – I think trash is too too strong. That's the way they're playing right now. I still think this is a, a talented roster that is better than a 3-5 and five team, but this is who they are right now. So it, they're, they're in prove-it mode for me. That's, that's, all it, that's all I can say about it. Yeah, and they've been in prove-it mode for a little while now. Yeah. And that the only thing I'm, I'm going to add to the big picture that I mentioned off the top here is that this is part of the deal when you have a new head coach, yeah. when you have a new scheme, new offense, new defense, bring in a few new players. I, this doesn't surprise me the way they played, and I think that's why it reflected in the picks I made last week in which games they would win and lose. Um, yes, you, you want to see them play better, especially because you saw it. You, They gave you reason to believe that they can defend. Yeah. Um, the offense is going to – I mean, that what surprised me the bo- most was looking at those stats and seeing the offensive rating. Yeah, that it's the, still almost top five. Yeah. 
that was the biggest surprise there because the offense has seemed so bad. Yeah. Um, and you're right about all the career lows that Dame has hit this season. So I won't dive too far deep into that because I think you nailed it with it with career lows in field goal percentage, three-point shooting. Um, but his assists are as, as high as they've ever been. True. Um, and so I think all of that plays into Dame trying to get everyone going and then trying to flip that proverbial switch. Yeah, I do think he's just missing shots. Mm-hmm. I don't think the rest of his game is, is fine. Um, he's not playing good defense, but he's never been a good defensive player. Um, but, yeah, I think that as far as offense goes, he's just missing shots. I will say the last two – Almost three minutes of Dame's performance against the Cavs was trash. It was. It was so bad. Um, and you just keep waiting for the shots to fall. And knowing, going into that, I felt good about the shots. Yeah. I felt, I was like, okay, put the ball in. It's Dame time, right? And when he misses that wide open layup. That's even though it won't show up on the stat sheet, that's a turnover. Yeah. That's a four point swing. Instead of a tied game, you're now down two possessions. Because they came back and scored. scored. Yeah, right after that. Yep. And so just that just from a Damian Lillard um series of possessions, right? It was missed layup, missed three, layup blocked, that weird turnover, Anthony Simons yeah. should have been a foul, yeah. whatever, but it's a turnover. Uh Layup gets uh, he gets to the cup, lays it in, gets fouled, um, and then he misses the potential game tying shot to force overtime. And so I I do think that that kind of illustrates that as bad as the Blazers are playing right now, and maybe we shouldn't in expect expect them to be a good defensive team mm-hmm. unless something changes, unless they prove us prove us wrong with that. That if Dame was playing, you know, up to his standards, the Blazers' record would probably be just fine right now. I mean, certainly against Cleveland, if he if he makes that layup, which I'd say he makes 99 times out of 100 mm-hmm. or better, and if he hits that three at the end of the game, which we're accustomed to him hitting shots like that, then he scores, what, eight points down the stretch and the mm-hmm. Blazers win. Which we're accustomed to. Yeah. Like, like every time the ball is in his hands one-on-one, you're thinking he's got the advantage. And, and he's it gonna is interesting. Deliver. In the last two games, they really kind of – set up the offense so it was just clear out and let Dame try to cook. Mm-hmm. He wasn't able to. But it seems like they're almost trying to force him out of his slump by giving him those opportunities and just, I mean, they're not involving anyone else in the offense, you know, down the stretch. It's all Dame. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, uh, I believe it was Jason Quick who asked um, uh, Chauncey Billups after, after this Cleveland game about that final play. And, you know, Chauncey laughing like, what, you, you want me to give you the, the play that we might run again? <laughs> but, um, you know, he said they wanted to get a three and they got what they wanted in a sense that you had a seven-footer guarding Damian Lillard and you'll take that every time. But that's not what the play was supposed to be. That's yeah. not how it broke broke down. Yeah. Um, so I, I found that to be interesting, but... I thought that this, you know, press conference was pretty revealing and there was a lot of truth bombs in there. I would suggest uh, if I don't know if the Trailblazers made it available on 
their YouTube page this time. Yeah, I um, have to go and look. I don't know. But I tweeted one of the, the, the big comments that I thought anyway that, that stood out to me. I know that Jason Quick was, was there. Casey Holdall was there. I'm not sure who else. It might have only been a couple of people because it was on the road. So right. most of us local media folks aren't going to be there. I know a lot of us were on um, Zoom for it. And I think Aaron Fentress might have asked a question or two. Um, but it was it was relatively brief. But uh, the big quote that he said in there was that Chauncey Billups said was, I hate that we were that, that we are a counter punching team. We wait for people to jump on us to compete to start fighting. They and then they have to play perfect down the stretch in order to win. Yeah. I'm like, it took him eight games <laughs> to see the story of this team over the past couple yeah, of years. That's what they have been. But you you know, they've been able to depend on Dame to bail them out because of his clutch heroics and that's just not there right now. And you wonder maybe if I mean Dame spends so much time I don't know if this is the solution, but he spends so much time early in the game trying to get his teammates involved, maybe Dame needs to try and get himself going earlier in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. I mean, it might just be that Dame just needs to start hitting shots. Yep. You know, he's in a slump. He'll he'll come out of it eventually. And, and the Blazers will be better once he is, you know, once Dame is Dame again. But um, right now they're not good. And I think our perspective totally changes if he – plays average yeah average dame not even great dame average dame you're winning the season opener yep. and you're you're beating cleveland yep so right there instead of three and five you're now five and three well even if even if just last night if dame had come through and they had won the game mm-hmm. i think we would have felt completely different about you know it's a one and two road trip it's not what you wanted but you're coming back home four and four you can get right maybe against the pacers you know good matchup against the lakers you know there's something you can build on there, but coming back, you know, with a goose egg on that road trip and no sign of Dame coming out of his slump, Yusuf Nurkic scuffling, CJ McCollum not hitting shots. Um, the only guys you can really depend on right now are Anthony Simons and Norman Powell. Mm-hmm. Um, Powell was great, man. Yeah, he's been he's been really good. And I think the biggest concern there, and you heard it in this press conference as well. Is is the defense? Yeah. You know, when all three of these opponents shoot over fifty percent from the field, and your star player isn't playing like the star player, you're not going to win very many games. And so the disappointment in Billups was there. It wasn't about you know the offense. Um, it wasn't about Damian Lillard. Um, it wasn't. It was all about the defense in his mind because. His mentality is the the offense is going to come and go, right. but the defense has to be there, and they're not getting any resistance off the dribble. He said, "No matter what our defense is, we're built on helping, yep. but we can't help if they're blowing by our our first layer of defense on one dribble. There's there's no defense for that, so it doesn't matter." And so that came to light, and I think that's the perfect way to segue into our second question which is, Jared, what do you think of the four-guard lineup? Chauncey Billups used it in that final three minutes specifically, really, up until the last shot, I believe, when he got Covington in the game. He used it, I believe, each you know down the stretch against both Cleveland and Philadelphia. 
So what do you think about it, Jared? Is Chauncey Billups just grasping for anything that will work? Or does this unique lineup have some staying power? Are there any other lineups that concern you or that maybe you're excited about? The four-guard lineup is interesting. I'm not comfortable with a lineup that you know is going to hemorrhage points on the defensive end of the court. And, you know, Billups even said after the game, we weren't stopping them anyway, <laughs> so why not you know, get my four best guys on offense out there? And that doesn't sit well with me at all. Right. Because he might – I mean, Chauncey Billups might just be in a losing battle with this roster because they may not have the personnel to achieve what the Blazers want to on defense. Mm -hmm. But giving up, just being like, well – we're not going to stop anybody anyway, so who cares? No, that's, again, unfortunately, that's what we've seen in the past. <laughs> I was going to say, don't you think in many ways that's what Stotts was <laughs> exactly. doing without saying it? Yeah. Was, well, we've got to play to our strengths, and that's getting buckets. So yeah. we're just going to try and outscore everybody. And that's, yeah. and We know what happens. change with the status quo unless and you can't have that mindset still. <laughs> so that was. I, I loved his honesty, though, man. I was like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I I guess, but I mean I think that lineup gives the Blazers a lot of spacing. It's probably, you know, in general going to score a lot of points, so it might be good to use in very matchup dependent scenarios when the Blazers aren't going to get slaughtered on defense. But again, it makes me really uneasy if you're just completely giving up on one end of the court. That's not winning basketball. Um, if you look at the data, very small sample size for that four-guard lineup. They've played just 10 minutes together so far this season. Their offensive rating is 94.7. Their defensive rating is 94.4. You know, that's shocking, but small sample size ca caveat there. The defense with that lineup has held up just fine over 10 minutes. The offense has been a train wreck. Mm -hmm. And that might change when Dame gets back on track. I really don't expect either of those numbers to hold up. I think that that lineup... The offense is going to be, over the course of the season, if they continue to use it, very good, and the defense is likely going to become much worse. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of understand where, where Billups is coming from using that lineup because of the spacing it creates because he is surely as desperate to get Dame out of his funk as, as any of us are. As, as, and that's one way to do that, to put Dame in a situation where he can – just go out there and try to make things happen and have as much spacing on the court as possible. Um, and if you really want to put a lot of spacing out there, then, you know, you could put, you could really go small and put Rocco at, at the five mm -hmm. or even bring in Larry Nance Jr. and have him play the five. Um, because like, <laughs> like Bill said, they're not going to stop anybody anyway. But, uh, but yeah, I just, I'm, I am uneasy with it because it just, it completely gives up on defense. If they're going to use it, I'd like it to just be sparingly and very dependent on matchups. Um, as far as other lineups, the starting lineup, right now they're just a, a 1.5 positive in net rating. Um, you want to see the defensive rating with the starters much better. It's 111.2 right now. And that, that was the thing with all the hype about the starting lineup during the offseason, and you heard it all offseason, mostly from Neil O'Shea, is that they were so good on offense, so good on defense. You know, last year, their defensive rating, the starting lineup was 104.8, which is really good. Mm -hmm. And their their offensive rating was 118.1, which is also very good. But they're not even close to those numbers right now. The offense is about six points worse per 100 possessions, and the defense is about 
you know, six points worse as well. So the starters have to be better. Um, I think the offense will get better, but the defense is a little bit of a concern to me because that is something you expected was with Nurkic anchoring that lineup that the starters were going to at least be able to, you know, hold down the fort on defense, and so far they're not. Um, one lineup that looks interesting, small sample size, only 22 minutes, but this is where we are in the season. When you have Dame out there on the court with Anthony Simons, Nasir Little, Larry Nance Jr., and Cody Zeller, so the four reserves, their offensive rating is 128. Their defensive rating is 89, almost plus 40. Um, but they are having a hard time finding non-Dame lineups with reserves that work. You know, you take that same lineup, you replace Dame with CJ, and they're a negative 12.1 net rating mm. in about the same amount of minutes. Um, so it's very early. It's eight games in. Um, this data is interesting to look at. You can't formulate any kind of concrete takeaway from it because it's too early. But obviously, Billups is trying to find lineups that, that work out there on the court. And um, it's interesting to watch. I am I am concerned just with the four-guard lineup being this thing where you give up on defense. I, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it I, th- I think you nailed it with this because if we look eight games ahead from now, it could be totally the different. The story could be totally different at this point, especially if, if Dame plays a little bit better. Right. Um, s- but I did find it interesting that he had the f- four-guard lineup going out there at such a you know important part of the game. And I can see where he's coming from because Anthony Simons has, has played so well this season. He's having his, his breakout season offensively. Yeah. And um, Norman Powell has been reliable, man. Yep. And so he's thinking, how do I get my best guys out there all at once? And especially when you're when you're thinking to yourself, well, the players I had out there defensively are not doing the job I need them to do defensively. Our best strengths and our best way to win this game to beat Cleveland is to go go at them with with some speed to get get your buckets out there. And if you execute on two of those, you know, five series there, you win or force overtime so i get it but yeah that being the go-to should be concerning jared uh i don't know what the solution would be at this point because this is the time of the year when you tinker with the lineup this is when you really stretch the bench figure out what you got where guys are are going to play in this role like we finally got a glimpse of tony snell out out there you know um nasir little has given you know positive minutes he's he's been fun to watch again and you're seeing his improvement as well. So I think it's going to be a while. Like we're going to see stretches where, you know, four or five minutes at a time where you're like, man, I like this lineup. I want to see more of it. And then you have other stretches where you're just like, that is trash. Yeah. The same lineup. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so I'll be interested to see um, when we do have a larger sample size, what Chauncey Billups feels most comfortable going to. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it is so hard to make these kind of assessments this early into mm-hmm. the season. Mm-hmm. But I, I can see it. I understand why he's doing it. Yeah. It it seems a little desperate. Mm-hmm. And I suppose that that makes sense, but I don't know. Um, I'd also like to see when they're using this four-guard lineup, I mean, part of it is spacing, but part of it is also you're getting your four best offensive players out there on the court. But when they've used it, it's mostly just been the Dame show. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. I mean, he's Damian Lillard, but... I think that instead of just using Simons and CJ and, and Norman Powell's decoys, basically, mm-hmm. to 
you know, free up space for Dame. I'd like to see Dame. And again, it's weird because he's in the slump and he wants to get out of the slump. And I get that, but you know, maybe give Simons, you know, some run there. Maybe try to create offense for for your teammates instead of just you know calling your number over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see him, as you mentioned, um, attack early. Mm-hmm. Just get going, yeah. right? Just pick a game where your shots are falling, where you, you feel good pregame. You're like, man, you know what? This is one of those nights. And let it rip. Yeah. Like, let it fly in the first quarter. Let's see what you got. And then let's get guys going around you. Because once Dame figures that out and that confidence – I mean, because the one thing, he, he hasn't strayed. Like, hearing him talk last night, hearing him talk a few nights ago, like, I don't feel like – and his actions back it up as well, where – this is impacting how he's going to play because hot Dame would have done the same thing. Cold Dame did last (laughs) night. Yeah. So I'm not too concerned with it. He's going to figure it out, but I just think there are times that it would be nice to get those other guys involved to your point. Yeah. All right, Jared, you want to make some predictions here because we've got some games and, and the, the good news is the Blazers are coming home think that's good (laughs) because the road has not worked out so home they've been good at home they've they've been good at home and um it starts with the team that you know struggle on the road yep so that seems to be a good chance to get right all right let's do this the blazers play four games between now and the next time that we meet friday versus the indiana pacers at the moda center pacers three and six on the season saturday versus the lakers who are Five and three on the season. Tuesday at the LA Clippers. An old friend that we've already seen a couple times already. And Wednesday at the Phoenix Suns, who are three and three this season. Which games do the Blazers win? Which games do the Blazers lose, Jared? Well, let's check in on the stats here. After one week, Orlando is three and one with his picks, and I am two and two. Um, I think that first game, the Blazers, like you said, they've been much better on the road. The Pacers are scuffling a little bit, so I I am going to give them the win Friday against the Pacers. So LeBron is out for the Lakers game, it sounds like, right? Mm -hmm. I was just uh, pulling up the tweet here from Adrian Wojnarowski, and I believe Sham Sharania also had something similar with LeBron James' availability, at least for the next week. Um, He's out with an abdominal strain. No timeline for his return has been provided by the Lakers. This is according to Dave McMiniman. But it's something to, to keep an eye on because obviously that impacts how things go. But it's always fun to see LeBron play. Yeah, for sure. I was going to pick the Lakers to win that game, but if LeBron is out, I think I'm going to switch my pick and pick the Blazers to win. I mean, Anthony Davis gives the Blazers all kinds of trouble, gives Yusuf Nurkic fits, but um, they also have Russell Westbrook, and I feel like he is – um, more of a benefit to the Blazers when they play <laughs> against him and teams he plays for than, than for his own team. So I'm going to pick the Blazers to beat the Lakers. Um, I just don't trust the Blazers on the road night right now. I mean, they haven't won yet, so mm-hmm. I'm going to have them lose to both the Clippers and the Suns on the road. That's a 2-2 two and two week. That would put them at 5-7. and seven. Uh, That's not great, and, you know, we'd be <laughs> if that's how it goes, 
then the next week's podcast will be coming in here after two <laughs> more losses and it'll probably be more doom and gloom and darkness. The vibe is, is always different, man. <laughs> like that last game. Yep. <laughs> that last game determines the, the tone for the entire pod, that's for sure. And I know Blazers fans probably feel the same way. I've I've tried to stay away from Twitter a little too much to, you know, because it'll influence you, you know, if yeah. you if you sit there and read through that, you, you go down the rabbit hole and you're just like, oh, there's so much frustration and <laughs> and people that are just mad about it. But <clears throat> I'm with you. I think that's how how this week is is going to go. I think LeBron James not playing is such a big deal. Yeah, uh, that sways the pick. And based on the information we have now, it seems like he he's not going to play in that game. Just a bummer for people to go to the Moda Center also. Like, not get LeBron. Yeah, like that's one of those games that you get up for um, is to see, you know, one of the, the all-time greats play. You go here. to see LeBron, you get Malik Monk instead. Yeah. Hey, man, and, and as ex- as much as I love a <laughs> Baysmore Island, <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I can't go with the, the Lakers on this one. But, yeah, I, I, I Indiana is a get-right game. The Pacers have been bad on the road. They haven't won a game on the road, so the Blazers should win that game. And um, I'm going to give the edge to the Blazers against the Lakers, but you're right. And like I've said before, second of a back-to-back on the road, Yeah, I I, I can't pick them to beat the Suns. So, two and two. All right. Give me give me two and two, man. Um, the, Clippers, the Clippers game should be fun, though. I do think that game's going to be close. I mean, it could be. I just don't know with – with uh with this team on the road, um, we're gonna see. I don't know. I am so one thing. I'm 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 frustrated by this team, but it's also it's really hard to know what to expect night in and night out from this team. I mean, maybe it's just they're good at home and they're bad on the road, and that's gonna the way it's gonna be for a while. But um, they have been really up and down um, so far this season. So who knows what's gonna happen? Stay tuned. And and speaking of abdominal strains, that yeah, you know. LeBron is dealing with, um, you know, Dame was asked about that on after the Cleveland game as well. And this is a a nagging injury that Dame has just learned to deal with. Right. um, With his with his ab issues and it creeps up. Yeah. At random times during the season. And we get it eight games in with him and he's not going to come out and make an excuse for it impacting the way he plays. But if you're dealing with any type of nagging injury, it's going to impact the way you play. And it's, it's going to remind you throughout the game, like, Hey, I'm still here. If you do this, it's going to hurt. Right. You know? So that's something to keep in mind as Dame has accumulated big minutes already early in the season. And so at some point, Chauncey Billups will have to make decisions like, okay, is it worth finishing out this game with Dame? Do we rest him more early in the first half? If he's not right, do we just load management? He's not going to play tonight. That could come into play earlier than maybe we thought. And Dame said he's dealt with this over the past few years. Mm-hmm. You just You wonder how often it does flare up for him and how much it does impact him. I mean, the reporting was he was dealing with this abdominal issue during the Olympics, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's flared back up again eight games into the season. I don't know how frequent these flare-ups were before, but you wonder if perhaps it's a little bit worse right now. Yep, so definitely something to keep an eye on um, early in the season with Damian Lillard, and can't help, can't help with his shooting struggles, man. So, yeah, he won't make excuses, but 
I don't mind throwing it out there as a reason why, you know, things aren't exactly going the way uh, he'd like them to go early in the season. But, man, I, I was really hoping we would have a, a more uh, uplifting <laughs> podcast, but that's where we are, baby. I mean, how can Darkness, you have an 0-3 road trip? Like, yeah. You have, to, you have to call the cards as you see them. Yeah, like every now and then in my mind when we're making these predictions, I'm like, you know what? For the for the sake of the pod, I don't <laughs> mind being wrong on these predictions sometimes. So <laughs> I was struggling with that late in the Cavs game, man. I'm like, let's end on a high note so at least we can go somewhere else with it. But uh, for everybody listening out there, thank you guys so much for, for rocking with the podcast and continuing to, to support us. Hit us up on Twitter. Jared, where can they find you on Twitter? You can find me at Jared Cowley. And I am at Orlando KGW. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast. Look forward to being back better than ever on the next one. Take care, y'all.